When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, how about hour number two on a Monday? Can you believe January is almost done? That means it is the off week between championship games and Super Bowls, so we'll be talking some skills challenge later in the week. Plenty of basketball going on, but Super Bowl 57 is set. We're getting your reaction to that. We're getting your reaction to Kellen Moore being done with the Cowboys and apparently headed out to L.A. to be the offensive coordinator for the Chargers and Coach Staley. That is what the reports are saying today. Also, Texans trying to figure out their next head coach, Longhorn Basketball, Licking the wounds from Knoxville and headed into this game tonight with Baylor. We're going to talk about all of it. It's Chad and Zay on this Monday. I'm Chad Hastings. Isaiah Collier is here. We'll talk some uh, high school basketball coming up at 1.30. A couple of the teams we've been talking about and following each got wins. Uh, one of them close and one of them a nice, a fairly easy win over the weekend. We'll talk about signing day as well. Right now, let's get to the Vaqueros Cafe Cantina hotline. He is sitting right here in us, uh, with us in studio, but we'll give Vaqueros their love because it is some good stuff over there on 360. He is Joe Cook of Inside Texas on 3.com, at josephcook89 on Twitter if you want to give him a follow. How are you, sir? Doing great. Uh, what up, Joe? Keeping warm, but you know, I think everybody else is too. Rocking the Super Bowl 51 hat when it was in Houston? Mm-hmm, 28-3. Got to, got oh, to see that live, and wow. it's just kind of – one of those things where I look at that hat and I have my ticket frame too, and nice. I forget that I get got to see that football game sometimes. The biggest mm. co- biggest comeback in Super Bowl history. Yeah. 20. Damn, Dan. Mm. Damn, Dan. Got my wisdom teeth out the next day, so it was a really interesting week. It's about the same <laughs> same feeling. The, yeah. You got the feeling that Dan Quinn and, and Kyle Shanahan and that group had. Real numb. Um, there's a lot of places we could start here, but uh, why don't we just start in Knoxville? Because tonight they've got to bounce back. From that, it was a really disappointing performance. I thought Zay had a lot of great points earlier uh, last hour. I really had. I wasn't going to say they they had lost the game, but twelve seconds in for Carr to get that foul, I just remember thinking, "Oh Lord, Mm -hmm. that's bad." And then, like Zay says, four minutes later with the second foul, there was a moment where Tennessee was up nine, and I just realized, "Oh, they're going to win this game by about nine to 12. Right, and, and there you go. That's how it ended yeah. up, too. And with with that game, Texas didn't have a really good matchup because uh, Tennessee could could pose size on the interior. And, you know, Christian Bishop, Dylan DeSue, all those guys can play as hard as they want, but playing hard doesn't always overcome, you know, three inches and, and you know, 30 pounds. It just happens that way. Um, the other thing was Texas didn't shoot near as well as it needed to against a team that's really good at defending not just you know three-point shots. I think they're the number one three-point defense team in the country, but they're also good at just defending everywhere, and especially when you're leading scorer. It's not on the floor to be able to create, and you have to rely on some guys who haven't been able to create, not just for themselves or for, the, for others. 
put that in a rough environment, put that on the first of a you know two game and three day stretch. It's just wasn't a good recipe. Got to credit Tennessee. That's the other thing. It, Texas didn't look great, but they didn't look great against a team who, like you were talking about, they could end up in Houston as a Final Four team. So yeah. Um, yeah. counts as a loss all the same, but doesn't count as a conference loss. And uh, you know it was a, against a really good team and. Uh, the the goal now is to to bounce back and get ready for another really good team that actually counts towards conference play tonight. You know, Joe, one problem I think Coach Terry is dealing with right now is just trying to push Tyrese Hunter's buttons to get the best out of him. Like Zakai Ziegler ate him alive. Like ah, just keeping it real. Love Tyrese Hunter and love what he's brought thus far. I know he's had some bad games, but Zakai Ziegler just really ate him alive. And with how good Serge Ibari Rice has been playing, you would think that maybe it might be time for just the substitution change with the starting lineup. But then Tyrese Hunter seems like the player. He's already not playing good, and sometimes I guess his morale isn't the best. You don't want him to completely check out. Right. But Serge Barry Rice, the way he's playing, how good he's playing, it's like we, we got to get something. The Big 12's too good. You're about to go on too good of a, a slate with the next three games to have Tyrese Hunter playing like that with Serge Barry Rice playing the way he is. Do you think Coach Terry might have to switch them out or just see how it works a couple of games? I don't know. It You know, you, you may want to do that, but – at, at a certain point, I kind of think that starting lineup is just a status thing. Because when you look at Serge Barry Rice's minutes, he's getting those minutes, and he's the closer. Um, it's usually him kind of in place of Dylan Mitchell, it feels like, toward the ends of games, um, and he's getting those minutes. So maybe if you want to do that, but like you said, that could maybe affect Tyrese Hunter's mental part of the game. And I think, you know, when you look at transfers to this Texas team that Chris Beard brought in and think, oh, wow, look at all these experienced guys. It's just Tyrese Hunter's second year in college basketball. I mean, if you want to look up sophomore slumps, this may be a, a real textbook <laughs> definition of, of sophomore slumps. And, you know, maybe Chris Beard does a better job of, of helping Hunter out of that slump, but we'll, we'll never know. And now it's uh, Rodney Terry's job to do it. And um, it also to figure out what's going on with the cramps, too. Didn't seem to affect them in, in Knoxville, but uh, that's something that we've seen way too much for we, someone we know is a great athlete. And, you know, that's part of coaching. It's not just the physical part, it's the mental part, and that's a balance Terry's got to find. But with uh, Serge Jabari Rice, I think it's fine just to keep him as that sixth man because he still finds the minutes that are starter level um, in place of other guys, and uh, he's the one closing it when it's, you know, he's not, he's, he, he may not be a starter, but he's definitely a finisher for this team. Yeah, just such a the start was so bad for them overall. I also wonder if you make that move, could it be counterproductive both ways? Could Jabari Rice be the kind of guy that needs to see a game start and play out and then get in? Not sure. But then, and then, and this conference, can you even afford to try it? Well, I mean, could you even afford it? Every game is so critical because I love the theories eh, of what you're talking about. Let Hunter watch for the first little sequence and see what he can learn and say to Rice, hey, man. You've been a badass for us. Let's get you out there at the beginning. Let's get you in people's faces. Let's let them see that shot fake pretty quickly uh, and all that. By the way, Tennessee was ready for that shot fake in the first half, weren't they? they yeah, damn, Budge. Holy he got moly. Him once. He got him once. On that Euro, he had a nice little like slow-ass Euro through the lane scoop layup. That was pretty. But, yeah, they, they were ready. Rick Barnes crew. Oh. Rick Barnes could coach, man. For, for the most part, it was like in the movie when you punch the bully in the face and he just shakes his head and stares back at you. I mean, they really were ready for kind of everything. Um, so what are you looking for tonight against Baylor? Now that they're back in conference, Baylor's been playing better back 
back at home before, what, two more on the road. What do you want to see out of this team tonight? Defense, it, it starts with stopping Keontae George, and that's a player I think a lot of people thought maybe might end up in burn orange. I think Chris Beard took different recruiting priorities uh, last year, and you know, Keontae George ends up at Baylor and worked out really well for Scott Drew. Uh, so that on the defensive end, on offense, you know, uh, Scott Drew signature defense at one three one throws it out there a lot. Takes a lot of different forms. Um, it's not maybe I don't know if it's his thing he does all the time, but he does it enough and tries to stifle teams with it. Got to got to penetrate that. And one thing Texas has done of late is they've used a small lineup. Uh, usually it has Carr, Rice, Hunter, um, Brock on the floor, and then the, they'll switch out whoever the the fifth guy will be. Sometimes it'll be. Uh, Timmy Allen sometimes it'll be uh, Christian Bishop but they go small and maybe that'll hope open up some uh, maybe not driving lanes against his own defense but that's your best shooting lineup too so maybe you can stretch him out and um, I'm I'm probably going to work on something this week on Inside Texas I got I finally dropped a little bit of money to get one of those analytic subscriptions and there you go some, right. some per lineup stuff and uh, that small lineup it's really good offensively it leads a lot to be desired defensively but uh, offensively, it it helped them stay in the game against, or actually, it helped them extend the lead against Oklahoma State, and kind of helped them stay in the game against uh, Tennessee as well. Yeah, I like that you mentioned that, Joe, because talking about the lineup switches and whatnot, maybe Dylan Mitchell could come off the bench, and you slide Serge Barry Rice in there also, where you're giving Tyrese Hunter still those starting minutes and let his confidence stay up. Yeah, I think that's promising, but let's go to football. Micah Hudson is the name that everybody's been talking about out of Lake Belton, the five-star wide receiver. How's it looking with Steve Sarkeesian and his coaching staff on trying to get that big-time wide receiver up there? Texas has been right in the thick of his recruitment uh, since last summer, uh, even before then. But last summer, he made his first visit uh, to Texas. Uh, one of the pictures we got of uh, is of him. I don't know whose Lambo it was, but there was a lime green Lambo sitting out in front of DKR. And he was Aha! Standing right in front of it. So that's one of the pictures we have. Um, Texas has been in a good spot. They were in a good spot with him for Brennan Marion, but this is going to be a recruitment that has the Ohio States, now the Tennessees, even Texas Techs involved, a lot of national powers. But one thing that happened on Friday, uh, Lake Belton played at Waco High in basketball. And on the first week of the job, Chris Jackson, the new wide receivers coach, goes to Waco with uh, Terry Joseph and and soaks in and sees you know uh, uh, Hudson play basketball. So <laughs> Uh, he knew he knows who he needs to be after right away, and on the first week of the job, went and did the right thing and went and saw him. So that's a recruitment that's going to have a lot of different steps on it. I think he's a top ten, maybe top five player on on threes rankings. It's going to be a, a battle for him, but uh, one that Texas has put a good put themselves in a, in a good place for. Yeah, what I uh, we told the people late last week too uh, that I heard so there was talk around Lake Belton last week that both Jimbo and Saban. We're also at this school last yeah. week. I know Jimbo was at that basketball game too, and so was yeah, Justin the, Wells too. The, I mean, so. the kids, yeah. are, the kids are badass, and this right. is class of twenty four for people that don't know. So this right. isn't something that's getting signed and sealed on Wednesday. This is class of twenty four, the best wide receiver in the state. He may be would the you best say prospect in the state okay. at this point? Yeah. Was he remind you of? I don't know. I haven't I haven't done enough research on okay. him to to try and figure that out yet. But you know, he, he's six about six foot six one, kind of in that one eighty one ninety range. It's right in the wheelhouse. What Steve Sarkeesian likes. Yeah, yeah Joe, I might be biased, but I think all wide receivers should hoop. Yeah. All of them. 
I, I just think they go two and two. Tight ends also. Like you see it all around the NFL. Garrett Wilson comes to mind with what he did at Lake Travis playing for Coach Beatty and Garrett then also Wilson's playing on a football. Different level. I know I'm just saying I'm he's also a five star player. But yeah. yeah, just guys that also play basketball. I think that's a huge thing when you're looking at these wide receivers. That with quickness and, and footwork and stuff like that, competitiveness obviously, Hell explosiveness, yeah. leaping, that type of thing. It's a great value for him. So Everything about signing day obviously has changed so much over the years. We're going into what used to be signing day, but now we know it's really not. It's almost like you want, not that you wouldn't love a big splash, you know, this coming Wednesday, but the Longhorns have put together a hell of a class. It's going to be ranked like top three, probably. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a Bama, Georgia, and them discussion. But by the time it's all, you know, put together, anything that's still kind of hanging out there for you, anything that could happen by Wednesday? Well, maybe not on Wednesday, but on Friday. There's one. One more prospect okay. that that Texas is after, uh, Warren Roberson from from Red Oak up in the uh, I guess south part of thirty five. I guess that's the southern part of thirty. That's just north where you're from. I was going to say it's yeah. right there in my neck of the woods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Red so, Oak is the smaller community that was. It was a smaller community outside of Waxahachie. Now both of them have blown up. Right. I don't know. Actually, I'm assuming Waxahachie is still bigger. But as you drive down thirty five, you'll you'll notice Red Oak. Right. In right a way there. you didn't used to. Uh, he's a TCU commit, but he did not sign during that December signing period. Uh, TCU still after him, of course. Texas. Uh, was you know hosted him I think this past weekend and USC also in contention so those are going to okay. be the I don't know if it's going to be an actual hat ceremony but those will be the three hats on the table uh, during, when he makes his decision on on Friday I believe it'll be and you said he's a safety safety gotcha. uh, Texas I think you know they got Jalen Catalan uh, from the transfer ranks but aside from that they only had um, Derek Williams out of Louisiana because they lost a commit from Jamel Johnson throughout the cycle. They needed they needed to find another safety in this class, and uh, that that that's a good option for him if he chooses the Longhorns. How about that, Zay? He might get you a badass safety Yo, out of Red man. Oak. You know Come me, on I love me some secondary guys. Yo, Joe, let me ask you about this because obviously there's so much Arch Manning talk, and everybody wants to know about Quinn Ewers' progression. Malik Murphy's still on campus. Let's not forget about him. He's still on campus. You know, when you just look at Malik Murphy, you're like, that guy could do something. Just mm-hmm. his physique is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Or like, that guy just needs to be on the field doing something, maybe. I don't know what's going on with Malik Murphy. Can't even maybe find himself on the field, whether it's just situational moments. I don't know. But what's the word on Malik Murphy at? Winter camp. So Malik Murphy really benefited, I think, from from bowl practices because by the time they came around – uh, Hudson Card had already entered the portal, wasn't on the roster, and so uh, at that point, Malik Murphy became the backup. And granted, there's not a ton of difference between scout team and backup, but when you're on the scout team, you're with the walk-ons and maybe some other freshmen, and you're repping the other team's offense. And that was a place he apparently had a really good season with uh, in, in that role. Come come the bowl practices, he's repping as the number two quarterback, and uh, that seems like his a position. Uh, he'll start at uh, here in, when spring practices get going. He'll probably be neck and neck with Charles Wright for that role. And uh, our Eric Nolene put a, a piece on you know the, the offensive depth chart kind of predictions on inside Texas. And uh, right now Malik Murphy, he's he's healthy, and that was a problem for him last year. He showed up on campus and rolled early with an ankle problem, kind of nursed that ankle problem throughout the spring. Uh, had I forget what the reason was, but had like an excused absence at the beginning of fall camp for. Uh, I can't remember exactly what it was, but you know he's entering this camp as a clear, you know, at this point, number two or maybe two A guy, two B guy with 
with uh, Charles Wright. Now, Arch Manning's going to have something to say about that just because we know how talented he is, And uh, but there's probably no reason for any major depth chart moves to be made throughout the course of the spring just so uh, Texas can see what they have in Malik Murphy. Um, so I'm excited to see. You know, he they revamped his his motion a little bit throughout the course of the year. Um, you know, he, he's he's mobile, but he's not going to be a real big run threat. That's not what they asked him to do in high school and not what Steve Sarkeesian is going to ask him to do at Texas. But he does fit all those, you know, fit the bill of a Sarkeesian quarterback, big pocket passer, uh, you know, big frame and, and big arm as well. And also just a, a big personality. That was one of the big things about him uh, when they recruited him out of California, that he had a, yeah. a magnetic personality. And um, I'm not sure if it's been the exact same at Texas, but he still has a lot of people who obviously support him uh, from the fan base, and I think he's grown in popularity in the locker room as well thanks to his own work ethic. I definitely have a Texans question for you, but a question just popped in my head for you two guys that are Longhorn fans. Do you guys think it could be important for this team, for Arch Manning to clearly state that he's going to redshirt? Is that what you guys want, or do you guys want to hear that he's a part of a quarterback competition so that if Quinn Ewers wins it, you'll feel better about Quinn? Like, Where do you guys fall on that? If Arch is ready, he needs to play. Okay. That's how I feel. If he's ready, he needs to play. Now, if he's not ready, then just redshirt him and let's not even go through all the drama. And if he's going to do that, what I'm saying is would you want to hear about that early where it's like as they're getting into even spring you know, spring game time, headed towards fall practice, just clear, clearly state he's going to redshirt. I don't, I don't think you need to declare that just because you have those four games to work with. You know, if, if Texas right. starts playing, um, who's uh, is it UTEP this year or – um, I know Wyoming's one. I, I'm blanking on the non-conference schedule, and I only know three of them. And I know one's Alabama, one's Wyoming. Yeah, that's Maybe. the one that is important, Alabama. Right. <laughs> but one of those is going to be a game where you feel pretty comfortable or else they're not going to be on the schedule. And maybe that's the one Arch Manning gets in for you know, a few handoffs, maybe one or two throws or something like that. I, I think it's a different conversation now because you're not – ULM is UL, the other ULM, Bama, UTSA. That was this pat. This, that was I'm this terribly year. sorry. I'm terribly uh, sorry. I looked at the wrong schedule. We know it's a cupcake. It doesn't really matter what directional school from what Southeast University or Texas school it is. So um, you, you, you want to probably get him in and during those four games. I'm sure the family would like that. I'm sure Arch would like that himself. But I don't think you have a need to be like, you know what, officially he's redshirting. Because, you know, you could get into a situation like A&M saw last year where uh, Haynes goes down. Okay, we got to go to the second guy. All right, Max Johnson's down. Okay, we got to go to the five-star, even if he may not be fully ready. So could be a situation where you don't want to declare a red shirt, but you want to get him in as much action as you can, maybe without burning it. See, I keep, I keep forgetting the only game that's technically set right now is at Bama. That's the only one that's popping up on like a national schedule deal that I can actually get to pop up here. I should. I, I think should. we know a couple of the others, don't we? Wait, one is Wyoming, and then the I other thought we is... knew. I'm, I'm with you. I thought we knew some non-conference, but I can't find it here because we this rice. Is, it was rice. It is okay. rice. Okay, but then this is also the season. The hopefully the only season of expanded Big Twelve, and we haven't heard the conference tell us what that means yet. <sighs> what does it mean for Cincinnati and UCF and the other two? Um, and then what does it mean for those teams that are already in there? That's that's crazy stuff. Um, all right, so uh, before you get out of here, tell me about D'Amico Ryans as a Texans fan. You like this idea? I read an article in the Houston Chronicle that went on and on about why it's the best fit possible in their opinion. Do you like the idea? I really do. Um, I, selfishly, for D'Amico's sake, I, I kind of 
maybe wish he was in a going to a franchise that was in a good situation, really stable, and that he could, you know, put his feet on a firm down, firm foundation and leap from there. But if you're going to, if if a place is looking for a head coach, that's probably not right. a, a, a reason they're going to have to be looking for one anyway. Um, one of my favorite players, one of the best defensive players to ever play for the Texans, maybe the best linebacker. Uh, I can't think of anybody at middle linebacker who may have played better than than he did. Um, obviously, leading a great defense over in San Francisco, um, he's got a decent general manager. I guess I don't know what outside factors may affect Nick Casario, uh, but maybe one of them's gone with no more Easterby, and maybe Cal and, and Janice are going to let. Uh, let the football ops people run the football a little bit more. Um, with D'Amico, you, you really have faith in his defense. Uh, you really have faith in his ability to, you know, he's still a pretty young guy and, and connect with the locker room, but you have to know what you're going to get on offense. And that that was, you know, when you, when you hire somebody who is a one-side-of-the-ball expert, the, the offensive coordinator hire in this, in this case is just as important. I don't think it means keeping Pep Hamilton – Maybe I I kind of want to like for to see if the the Texans maybe took a shot at um, Kellen Moore, but that already seems to be squared away. But yeah. if yeah. you're if you're a if you're an offensive mind in the NFL looking to move up as a play caller, you know we we kind of rag on the Texans, but you're gonna probably have a first round quarterback from a top five pick who's pretty talented. You have a good offensive line. You have a really solid rookie running back. You just got to find some receivers, and you can find that in the draft. So maybe upper management may be one of your concerns, but as far as like the pieces go, the offensive line, they've invested in it with with a couple first-round picks, Kenyon Green, Titus Howard, and then, of course, you got mm-hmm. Laramie Tunsil. Uh, the, the running back is still really strong, and they shut him down because he was so valuable. Um, we'll see what happens at receiver, but if you can get that and get a quarterback to work with, it's not a bad situation for a first time or maybe veteran play caller to want to get back on the uh, on the, in the saddle with. Yeah, we'll see where that story. Joe, what happened to tanking again so you get Caleb Williams next season? I I still would do it, <laughs> but I think that the the AFC South is in such a precarious situation where. The Colts could hire Jeff Saturday, and we saw how well that went. The Titans could about to be in quarterback purgatory because Tannehill can't stay healthy, and Malik Willis may not maybe also be playing like a third-round pick, and now maybe the Jags are good. So I feel like instead of tanking again, you're in a situation where you're in such a bad division. Maybe you could jump up and pull a Jacksonville with how the Colts seem to be just a you know puppet strung along by Jim Irsay and how the Titans – who knows what's going to happen there because they just had a lot of changes in their front office and in their staff. Too. Yeah, yeah, good point. Real quick, somebody was texting about Deuce the tight end. That's Deuce Robinson. Is that his name? The kid out of Arizona? Do I have that right? Right. He's from the Phoenix area. Uh, hasn't signed yet. Uh, last three seem to be uh, Texas, Georgia, and USC, but it looks like Texas may end up being bronze, uh, <sighs> finishing in third place for this one. Uh Lincoln Riley offense close to home. That Georgia offense that just had Darnell Washington and Brock Bowers. Jatavian Sanders gives them a good sell, but I don't think it gives them as a strong a sell as uh, those other two schools. Yeah, right old boy now. ain't trying to play baseball like that. <laughs> I don't. Well, he definitely they tried not to, to get go them. to USC because USC is they have of all programs, whether it be basketball, women's or men's football or baseball in college sports to forfeit blue blood status. USC baseball has for sure done that. Yeah? 
Well, those 12 national titles in the 60s have been followed up by like one or two tournament appearances this century. So Not what they used to be. Not yeah. at all. Not at all. But and now uh, they're going to the Big Ten, which you know doesn't really care about baseball that much anyway. Well, don't. Man, if you're telling me those other two teams that are interested, I know what kind of tight end he is. Nothing against Texas there, but if you're telling me Georgia with what they're doing right now and obviously what Lincoln's got going on out there, that tells you the level of, uh, of talent. And he's a 23 guy. He'll be correct fi- figuring it out probably this week. Keep your eyes peeled for that. That's Joe Cook. Inside Texas on 3.com. And again, if you're on Twitter at josephcook89, if you're getting your follows together. Always good to see you, sir. We'll hit you next week. Thanks for having me in again. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate you. Good stuff. We do it every Monday about that time with Joe. Up next, how about a little Flex 30 segment? Stony Point and Maynard New Tech keep rolling, and signing day is coming. We'll tell you about some of the local talent that's going to be signing on Wednesday and making it official. Stay with us. It's the Horn. The Red Hot Chili Peppers. That's right. There it is. Now, is this uh, is this Suck My Kiss? That's right. Okay. Red Hot Chili Peppers with a little bit of a... Uh, I feel like there's a dash of Rage Against the Machine in that song. It has a little bit of a good... And it's funky, obviously, but it's got a little bit of that anger to it. Just a tad. Yeah. I, I like that. Yeah, oh, they were turned up when always, they made this. Oh, my God. I always like that song. Yeah. They're a band that I... I probably I wasn't following them closely enough as it was all happening, but I always respected what they were. Loved how crazy they were. Loved the live performance stuff. Anybody that's just going to become legendary and scary to parents and stuff like that. Love the Chili Peppers for that. Yeah, everybody's on stage naked at the end with socks <laughs> cleverly placed. I mean, it's fantastic. Red Hot Chili Peppers, Led Zeppelin. Motley Crue has all gotten us started today. We hope you are having a good Monday. Cold out there, a little rainy, but we hope it's not going to be frozen and rainy. We hope it's just rain that's going to fall in these next couple days. There is a winter storm watch or advisory, depending on which county you're in. Keep your eyes peeled for that. I know some schools are being careful, closing afternoon or evening stuff tonight and trying to take a look at what the next couple mornings should be. Please be careful out there. It's Chad and Zay with you on a Monday. Cowboys fans trying to process Kellen Moore being gone and Let's face it, trying to process the Eagles headed to the Super Bowl again. Uh, that Eagles defensive front was just badass yesterday. Zay, as they were coming after Brock Purdy, I understand the quarterback thing is the story of that game, but I don't know if it was really going to matter. Early on in both of these games, I think you saw something really important happen, and you realized that later on Cincinnati – but then pretty quickly, San Francisco, we're not going to be able to block. And once you realize that, 
football gets really simple the other way. Yeah, I love George Kittle, and he's definitely the best blocking tight end in the league. Well, I don't know about definitely, but he is one of the best blocking tight ends in the league. I want to put him on Hassan Reddick. That wasn't a good move there. They had multiple tight ends on different guys at different times. And, yeah, give the Philadelphia Eagles coaching staff and that defense some credit. They were after those guys all game where Joshua Johnson, he couldn't even catch the ball on a simple snap. He was thinking about that defense getting to him. Yeah, it was freaking him out. He got laid out. Right when he got in, he got laid out by Hassan Reddick. And Hassan Reddick actually took it from him. But luckily, Johnson's butt was on the ground, yep. and they didn't go back and review it or anything, which I, it would have still been 49ers ball. But still, uh, Joshua Johnson being the four-string quarterback, he he's just taking that good old backup quarterback check for the NFL and rolling with it these last 15 or yeah. however many years he's been in the league. He wasn't expecting to play in that game. No. And he's, yeah. been, he's been on so many teams. He's been on a lot of squads. He's been on like eight to ten teams, something yeah. like that. Hassan Reddick was great. You remember where Hassan Reddick played college? I forgot about Temple. this. Very good, Temple, yeah. yeah. 2017 draft. He was a first-round draft pick, and he was awesome. Early on in that game, every, every play, every key moment was going the Eagles' way to get the fumble call on. It was almost like every play would roll out, and then when they'd go back and take a look at it, it went for the Eagles. Yeah. Whether it was not looking at that early play you mentioned or then going to look at plays after that, oh, it kind of looks like a fumble. Yeah, it is fumble, Eagles ball. And everything, and then the look on Kyle Shanahan's face as the game went on, he just realized, oh, my God. Like a lost puppy. Like the football gods are just not going to Okay, they should have started packing stuff up mid-second quarter. Yeah, just get out of there because there's no way they were winning that game once it uh, once the avalanche really hit them. So now the question is going to be: Can the Kansas City Chiefs properly block the Philadelphia Eagles? Because that defensive front looks like they're ready to come get anybody, including Mahomes. And you got Mahomes on what may be a bad leg. We'll see what he can look like in two weeks. But now that becomes the matchup for me. If you believe that the Eagles will get a decent amount of pressure, just pick them and don't look back because that's what we've noticed in the past. When badass offense plays badass defense, do not get distracted by the offense. Just pick the defense and move on because yeah. that's usually what happens. Yeah, we have saw these last few years with the uh, Los Angeles Rams getting after Joe Burrow. He couldn't do nothing last yep. year's Super Bowl. And you know Patrick Mahomes couldn't do anything in that Super Bowl yeah. versus the Buccaneers. They were dominating him. Vita Vea, all those guys were getting after yeah. Patrick Mahomes, and he was throwing for his life. So y'all remember that, him falling on the ground and almost getting that throw off. Pretty miraculous stuff Patrick Mahomes did in that Super Bowl, even though they came up as incompletions. But, yeah, I'm with you right now. Now it feels like the Eagles, but we'll see. At number 15, he was doing some crazy oh, stuff on one leg last night, boy. He was a badass. The touchdown to Valdez Scantling at 13-all, that touchdown throw. Like Hilton was right there. It's as good like as he, it gets. He missed it. Hilton dove at it, secondary player for the Bengals. He yeah. was right there. And Patrick Mahomes threaded that needle. And they were right there to get him and to step up like he did on that bad leg and get enough on that ball. Oh, my God. Yeah. He's he's amazing. Uh, there's this discussion that if Burrow could have beaten him yesterday, then does it change the whole narrative? Heck, our guy Brandon Lang came on with us, and Brandon, big shock, was defiant about certain. Brandon was certain about it. Brandon thinks it's going to be one Super Bowl, and that's it. For Patrick Mahomes, he was talking about it like Mahomes is going to end up being the you know Aaron Rodgers type and all that kind of stuff. Just going to have one. 
He's trying to change that whole discussion. So now coming out of the game yesterday, people are saying things like, that might be the best NFL player I've ever seen in my life. I mean. People now swinging it all the way the other way to say, no, this is a legendary kind of dude, and he's going to end up with multiple Super Bowls, but now he's got to go finish that multiple Super Bowl. If his guys can't block those Eagles, then it's going to all be about, hey, where did Hassan Reddick play? Oh, it was Temple. Yeah, did you see he sacked Mahomes four times in the Super Bowl? <laughs> And they couldn't do anything? Yeah. Here's the other number I'll throw out real quick, Zay. We'll get to the flex segment. The number is 44. That's how many rushing attempts the Eagles had. That's more than the Bengals and the Chiefs combined. I'm just saying. 37 minutes of time of possession, too. The Eagles want to beat you and beat on you a certain way. Can Kansas City stop that? I'm not sure. I'm not sure if they can stop the Eagles from winning the way they want to win because it's a brutal, physical, nasty version. Yeah, and this is just another week for Jalen Hurts to get even that much more healthy. Yep, that's a good point. Good point. All right, lots of stuff going on around the world of sports in the NFL, college basketball. We'll get back into the Texas and Baylor preview for you at 2. Right now, though, let's get you a flex segment and talk some high school basketball. Teams keep rolling in the area. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. Uh, congrats to those Stony Point Tigers. They keep winning 24-1 now. They're 9-0 in district, but uh, Zay, this one was close. 45-43 in overtime. Antoine, I know you were sweating, Coach. Friday night. I know you were sweating, and it came down to a huge play at the end of the game. Round Rock, up three, and yeah, this one hurts. Coach Murphy, you're my guy. I know this one hurts, but Round Rock, up by three at home. Uriza Button shoots a three, gets fouled. Oof. And I saw the video, too. Uriza Button, he definitely, I would say it was dramatic. He Let's so- say that. He sold, sold it. it a little bit. He definitely sold it. He kicked his leg out, but the Round Rock dude kind of bumped him. Okay. You can't do that. That's the new emphasis on refereeing. You gotta let guys come straight up, straight down. You can't get in their space. Would you, you can contest the jumper? Zay, that's would about you, it. Would you, the greatest referee that ever lived, would you have called it? Yeah, greatest ref in Central Texas area. Would you have called it close? Yeah. Would you have called it? I don't know. Okay. I, I really don't. I'm fifty okay. fifty on it. Okay. I'm fifty fifty on it because I did see contact, but also. You want to let the kids play. You want to see how it goes. Because if you don't call it, somebody's buying you dinner in Round Rock that <laughs> night. You realize that's a good place to eat up in Round Rock. Hey, look, <laughs> you're right. There's some good place to eat out there. Look, I know I get on these refs. Yeah. UIL, I get it. These NBA refs, they're mucking up too. Did we see what happened to LeBron? Oh, I saw the replay earlier. Jason Taylor. I, I hadn't seen it. That's a bad, such a bad miss, what man. What a bad call. Come Everybody's on. getting after LeBron saying, why you bitching? What's wrong with him? Jordan would never do that. Well, Jordan used to manipulate refs out the yin-yang and used to get calls going as well. Let's not even talk about Mike. Don't throw him in there. They would have calmly blown that yes. whistle if it was Jordan. Yeah, but yeah. after. For 20 years, LeBron's been hosed on a lot of calls because he's big. It's the Shaq factor. He's so hard to yeah. he's so hard to judge because no one knocks him off his ground. He's yeah. not like Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant gets pushy on the ground. 
he'll fall away. And KD's really good at selling those calls too. But LeBron, nobody buys that because he's 280. Right. About 1% body fat. He's a linebacker, exactly. man. So nobody <laughs> thinks that he ever gets fouled. That might be the worst one I've seen. That's and I've fair, watched yeah. LeBron all 20 years. That might be the worst one I've seen. I get why he's mad. That's 20 years of pent-up frustration of not getting calls like that. And that's Tatum, right? It was Jason Tatum? Tatum! Tatum's not exactly a human backpack. Yeah. That's not the smallest guy in the league or anything. Does Red Arback have, like, grandkids that, like, (laughs) that just Uh, have a stranglehold on different people in Boston, like that mob stuff? I thought that was over with. It was in Boston. Uh, Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, it was in Boston. Yeah, 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 them refs, fear for their life. That was terrible. Fear for their life. Oh, that was was bad. nuts guys in Southie coming up there doing some things. So, congrats to Stony Point when, so Button, after that, stands up, hits all three free throws, sends it to overtime, and Stony Point closes it in overtime. Yeah. On they, the road. Yeah, they're on the road. That's big. That is huge. Big, big win. They're 9-0 and in district. We also told you about that Maynard New Tech team. They won 86-75 on Friday, out-rebounding their opponent 49-33. That was big. They're 7-1, and and Zay, they find their way to the uh, – they stay, I should say, at the top of the uh, basketball – uh, rankings. What is it? Flex calls this. I'm sorry. The yeah, the power rankings. Um, Stony Point stays on top at six A. Maynard New Tech stays on top at four A. And just to complete it, Rouse is on top of the five A at twenty and eight now. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, all those teams and they're all really good. They deserve to be on that number one spot until somebody dethrones them. Now, do I have this right? You have a week off of uh, calling yeah, games. Yeah, off, off this week. Okay. Yeah, off this week. So Shut next up. week you'll be back on TV. I'll be back. All right. Yeah. Give you a chance to get, I think get the, the suits pressed and I, stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Going to the dry cleaners tomorrow. <laughs> um, I think Buda Johnson and Westlake. That's the game. Ooh, got next okay. Week. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Hey, speaking of Buda Johnson, uh, I was looking at the Flex uh, Twitter account at FLXATX on your social uh, media platforms. And remember the name Jesse Medina, the quarterback from Buda Johnson? Yes. He is apparently going to end up at UT Permian Basin. I saw him retweeting or tweeting out stuff about that. So we'll keep our eyes peeled for it. But I think he's going to end up signing there. I saw Blake Frazier, the big offensive lineman out of Vandergriff, enjoying, a, he was giving Florida their love, says he can't wait to go back. Apparently he's going to be signed, ready to go to be a Gator. Uh, Ivy Webb, the talented linebacker at Anderson, tweeted out something with an SMU coach saying he was looking forward to playing at SMU. Okay. I hadn't heard that he had gotten that offer and, and that that's where he was headed. So Yeah, talk that, about tackling machines. Yeah, so that means Ivy Webb and then Damian Wimberly out of Vandegrift would both be headed to SMU. That's right. Correct? That's right. Yeah, congratulations to those guys. Uh, also, I like this one, Zay, because we've been talking about what happens with Dion at Colorado. There's a young man named Marcus Boswell at Lake Travis. He is a running back and DB, I believe. Uh, really talented guy. He just took a trip to Colorado, and I the pictures. He's in the snow, and they got him in the gear and everything, and I'm like, there you go. Dion's getting guys to take trips to Boulder in January. Yeah. That's how you know you're a badass yeah. at that point. Yeah, prime time. Like, they don't call him that for no reason. Now, Marcus is a class of 24 guy, so he's got a little bit of time to decide. But best of luck to all of you athletes, all you football players that are going to be signing. Maybe you're doing the shell game. Maybe you got the hat game. Uncle Chad would tell you to play that up as much as you can because you're about to lose some control. But while you got it, put on a show. Shirts. Hats, whatever you got. If they let you bring fireworks in there, let's get that. Shoot Roman candles off if they let you. 
Come on. Get in the hot tub. Let's Swimming go. pool. Hot whatever. tub. See, that's it. I'm a Dallas area kid. So when you say hot tub, I think, yeah, that's perfect recruiting. The Dallas Carter guy. No, yeah, it was that, is that Dallas Carter? Yeah, but, before they started stealing that poncho. Jesse, Jesse Armstead. That's right. Jesse Armstead. And those stealing quesadillas and stealing enchiladas. Ooh, those dudes in the hot tub is one of the coolest things I've ever seen in my life. It really annoyed a lot of adults at the time, but I loved it. I thought it was great. Yeah, you can't go from signing in a hot tub looking cool than stealing from ponchos. No, nah, that's tough. And stealing tortilla chips and salsa. You eaten at ponchos before? No, I heard it's good, though. You've never hit ponchos with a flag? No. Oh, man. I heard it's like buffet style. It is. You go through one. It's cafeteria style. You go through okay, one time in that cafeteria line, and then when you want something else, you just raise the little flag on the table, and they come get your order, and then they bring it to you. Dude, it's awesome. I heard ponchos give a lot of people the bubble guts. Though. I'm not sure what you're talking about. I <laughs> can I cannot confirm or deny what you're discussing like, right Hepto, there. though, when it helped, Tom's oh, nothing could stop ponchos. Come on now. Ponchos is a powerful, powerful thing. There's no doubt. All right, there's your flex segment. We do it every day about 1.30. Up next, where are we at in society with Zay at 2 o'clock? We'll get back into the Texas Baylor thoughts for tonight. NFL is down to the Super Bowl. We're discussing all of that. Kellen Moore done in Dallas, apparently headed to the Chargers. That is all on the board today. Jump on in. Specs text line 337-3776. This is the Horn. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. In the cool of the evening and everything is getting kind of groovy. I call you up and ask you if you'd like to go with me and see a movie. First you say no, you got some plans for the night, and then you stop and say, All right, love is kind of crazy with a spooky little girl like you. Ah, uh, such a good song. But I don't think I'm going to be able to come up with this one. I know the song. Is it an. Is that a person's name or a band? It's a group. It is a group. Man. Yeah. I, why do I not know who sings Spooky? It's not like... It's, it's, it's not like... It's not Love and Spoonful. Um, I don't know. The Classics 4. The Classics? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I had no chance at that. The Classics... Wait, did you say The Classics 4? Yeah. Weird. The Classics 4. Oh, like four people in the band. Yes. Hmm, okay. The Classics 4. Had no idea on that one. All right, uh, so The Classics 4, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Led Zeppelin, and Motley Crue have all been a part of the show today. We hope you are having a good one. It is a cold, uh, wet kind of Monday. We are hoping the wet part stays away and the temperature doesn't go down 
too far. It's kind of right there above freezing. We hope it stays there for the next couple of days. But there are some winter storm warnings and things like that. Uh, we will hope it is over-preparing and under-delivering when it comes to the weather. But we know how crazy it can get after the last couple of years. So we do take it seriously. Uh, Chad and Zay with you on this Monday. More uh, Texas basketball thoughts and some NFL coming at 2. Right now, let's see what Zay's got for us. Where are we at in society? Here we go. Where are we at in society today? All right, Zay, do I need to check Twitter or what are we doing? Yeah, check Twitter, even though you probably heard this story already. Oh, yes, yes. Okay. The MVP of the college football playoff, Stetson Bennett, got locked up over the weekend because old boy was drunk knocking on people's doors. In Dallas, Texas. Wait, he got drunk and just started knocking randomly? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's not good. Yep. Arrested on a misdemeanor public intoxication charged in Dallas Sunday morning. Wow, 1600 block of Tribeca Way in Old East Dallas. Yeah, sound familiar? Eh, I'm not... Uh, not specifically, no. There are going to need to be some Dallas proper folks telling me exactly where that is in Dallas. I don't know exactly what that would mean. But, yeah, I responded to reports of a man banging on doors in the area. <laughs> what? That is crazy. That's too old for this, fam. They found him walking around inside a gated area, told officers his friend lived at the location but was unable to call them. Ugh, that's not good. That's not good. Now, was Stetson really drunk, or are some of these cops TCU alums? <laughs> that's obviously that's obviously possible. That's as possible. Well. I mean, the good yeah, you know, the good news here doesn't it doesn't sound like anybody was hurt, and most importantly, he was not driving in that condition. I guess that's the good news. I'll give him a little I give him a little leeway there, but dude, that can get really <laughs> really dangerous if you go knocking on random doors. So just scrolling social media and Twitter, I saw a video pop up and I'm like, "Wait, what is this?" And they were like, "Look at Stetson Ben again tackled." It's really just Baker Mayfield's video when he uh, got arrested. Oh, uh, in Arkansas. Yeah, so don't get that, that confused. That video's going around. People are saying, "Look, Stetson Bennett getting tackled by the Dallas police." Not so fast. It's just Baker Mayfield. So yeah, at least those guys have that in common, and maybe that might help when Stetson Bennett's going through the draft process. Somebody texted, "Great job by the Dallas PD doing what the TCU defense could not do." <laughs> Damn. Uh, somebody else says that's the Deep Ellum area of Dallas. So okay, yeah, A little party scene. Yeah, kind of. I don't care what part of Dallas it's in. I just don't think that's that's going to be your that's going to be a play. Let's not do that. Let's not do that. Uh, somebody on the Blitz this morning said uh, he thought, I'm Stetson Bennett, two-time national champion. I can bang whatever I want. All right, that's probably not what he was Yo, this is thinking. it. Hey, it's going downhill from here, Stetson. He sees it. He sees all that glory. Like, we already forgot about him. When was the last time we talked about that national championship game? Well, yeah, but I mean. Uh, we already forgot. His career is over. He has no NFL aspirations. Or at least shouldn't. Do we know why he was in Dallas? It's the D. Come on, the triple D. I mean, does, I don't know. Does Stetson have connections to Dallas in some way? I don't think so. Because the place where I would assume he's going to end up if he wants to be treated like you know a god forever is Athens, Georgia. It's yeah, somewhere he needs to go there. do this in Atlanta. Like I think Stetson Bennett would get mad love at Magic City Strip Club. Oh, he could fall into. He could fall through the door. Exactly of that place. Yeah, he already mucked up by going to Texas and trying <sighs> to think that, you know, 
his fame could take him anywhere. He's not that type of guy. Stay in Georgia. Stay in your lane. We get it. You're not going to go to the NFL. Go to Canada. We know you want to live life and have that limelight, be that household name guy. That's it. His career's over. He sees that. That's why he's going the deep route, the dark route, Johnny Menzel style. My two questions. Oh, geez, don't put that on him right now. The, hey. um, the, uh, the two questions I would have is, number one, just exactly what was he drinking to get that smashed? And then, two, there's nobody around to get like this. Yeah, where's the homies? Where are where, some Somebody? Friend, girlfriend, associate, agent, somebody? Like, step. Stetson's going to try to get into the NFL, right? Maybe? He's going to have some representative Yo, he's, right he's now. He's struggling to get in the senior bowl game. The man's got NIL money, right? He's got NIL deals. There's got to be somebody around him that could could have maybe helped out here. To, nah. He just ends up alone knocking on doors and he can't call somebody? And he's trying to show the cops he can work a phone and he can't? What is happening? If I was a receiver or offensive lineman or just a teammate on that Georgia team, I would be hitting him up immediately like, whoa, whoa, Stetson, you got to let somebody know, man. Yeah. We'll be glad to help you out, but I got to know you're there. What are you doing in Dallas, brother? Maybe he was looking for A.D. Mitchell. A.D., where are you at? Don't you live here? He might have been visiting A.D. Mitchell. Maybe that's what it is. Okay. Oh, no, I, we ain't going to put you in that AD. You have yeah, nothing to do no, with that. You're true. already yeah, here on point. the 40 acres in Austin. You we'll have nothing to separate, do with that negativity. Separate. We'll just leave that separate right now. Wow. Uh, all right. We hope uh, Stetson Bennett is all right and hope everybody else was okay in that situation and not freaked out. That had to be a weird moment if Stetson Bennett comes drunk knocking on your door <laughs> in the middle of the night. Yo, Stetson, sit down. Tell me about that championship game, man. You guys really got on TCU pretty early, huh? All right, 2 o'clock hour coming up. Texas facing Baylor tonight at the Moody Center. What do they need to change from what happened in Knoxville? We'll get into that. Plus, in the NFL, we've got a Super Bowl 57 to talk about. Kellen Moore is done with the Cowboys. So if you're a Cowboys fan, what do you want them to do? You want Big Mike calling plays? Or you want him to go somewhere else? Specs text line 337-3776. Don't move. This is the horn.